Alright, hang on one second. That we've got, even though we're not in the same room and uh, we're not in the same space, the Holy Spirit's the same within us. And so just the unity of hearing each and every heart, you know, is exactly what happens in the barn when we're together is kind of what's, what's happened on Hollywood Squares this morning on the computer screen. Uh, because the the Lord is is among us. And that's really where he wants to take this this morning is to help us understand um, the depth and, and breadth and width and height of what it really means. What does it mean to be born again? What's it mean to be a Christian? What's it mean to be a disciple? What's it mean to be a Christ follower? What does it mean to have Christ in me, the hope of glory? And um, he took me back to this scripture in Colossians 2. And we've been talking about grace for probably a year, year and a half. And, you know, I I remember that ever since we started talking about the grace of Jesus, one of the themes that we've talked about is preparation, readiness. And preparation and readiness are supposed to create within us a steadfastness. And a steadfastness is actually breakthrough in most people's lives. Um when Christians are volatile, then their Christ looks volatile. Uh, when Christians are um, swaying like the waves, then their Christ looks like he sways uh, with the waves. When Christians are offendable and depressed and, and all the other things that we subject, can be subjected to, then what we look like to the world is we look like our Christ is... It, you know, is flawed or faulty in some way. And we know that's not true. We know that Jesus isn't based upon his followers. He's based upon himself and his word. So he's not shifting and he's not changing. But for us to think that it's okay that we continue to portray a Christ who's not the Christ of the Bible would be a flawed thinking as well. Because we are to portray Christ on planet earth. And that means that we are to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, ever increasing In the knowledge of God, you know, what Dave read, the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae, he's saying, I'm I'm praying every day that you'll come to the knowledge of God. I'm praying every day that you'll have the understanding of who lives in you. I'm, I'm praying every day through tears and toil that you'll be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Like the prayer of the Holy Spirit is not that you continue to be a wave tossed to and fro, even though Jesus remains unchanged. The prayer of the Holy Spirit is that you start to really get a hold of the fact that Christ lives in you, that Christ is the hope of glory inside your life, that the plumb line isn't anymore in the toolbox of God. It's in your own life, that you are a representation of Jesus Christ on planet earth. And so if you're a representation, if I'm a representation, then the whole reason that we come to come to this place of repentance is because we admit that through your grace, God, I've fallen short of your glory, but I'm not staying short of your glory. See, falling short of the glory isn't an excuse to stay short of the glory and settle for a lesser revelation of who Jesus is supposed to be inside of me. I'm not going to walk around and make excuses for my humanity when I've been given the solution to overcome my humanity through the grace and the blood of the King of Glory. That I, I, don't, I don't need excuses for why I'm screwed up. What I have is a solution for who I can become and who I can actually become breakthrough for in the planet. 
And I think this is what that the Lord has been stirring in my heart is that I was listening to that song breakthrough and I was and I was as I was listening to that song, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision of Jesus himself, just a, a mental picture of, of Christ. And he was standing in his glory with the words, it is finished coming out of his mouth that I could see the vapor trail of like a cold morning when someone speaks and you can see the vapor trail of the moisture of their mouth. I saw that come out of Jesus' mouth and he was standing over me saying, it's finished. That was my breakthrough. He is my breakthrough. I, I'm, I'm not in a situation that I can't overcome ever at any time, in any moment. Why? Because the overcomer is alive inside me. That if he is alive in me, I have overcome. I'm not looking to overcome. I'm not searching for the solution of being able to overcome. I have overcome because he has put faith and belief in me that he finished it and he overcame the world. Why else would he say, take heart? I've overcome the world. How can I take heart in him overcoming if I'm just laying over here in a separate situation getting, getting steamrolled by the world, thinking, well, I don't know, I hope Jesus comes through and rescues me. He did. He rescued me. It's over. It, my rescue is complete all the time, 100% of the time. Not, not when I'm reading scripture, when I'm praying, when I'm seeing. I am overcoming all the time. The problem is the enemy loves to convince me that I'm not. The problem is the enemy loves to convince me that I'm actually separate from Jesus. That Jesus is out there with all the answers and I'm supposed to put the formula together to achieve the answers that Jesus has someplace else that I don't know how to get to. And when I don't know how to get to them and I lay around in my depressed state wondering how am I going to get there, then the enemy has deceived me and convinced me that Christ is not in me and there is no hope for glory. So literally... This thing is so profound to me that this is the scriptures that's coming alive this morning. Colossians chapter 2, and I'll just hit it from verse 3. And it, it, the end of, of, of two, well, I'll just start at the beginning of 2 because I can't, I don't want to catch it in the middle. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches, all the riches. He wants us to reach all the riches. He doesn't want any of you to reach partial riches, maybe a little bit of riches. He says, I want you all to reach all the riches of full assurance, of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. He doesn't want you to understand every piece of theology that man has created. He doesn't want you to understand every form of doctrine that men have, have perpetrated. He wants us to come to the full riches of knowing what is Christ. Who is Christ? Who is alive in me? I am alive in him and he's alive in me. What does that mean? If that's the case, then he says, in, Which is Christ? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? You don't have to look anywhere else. You look to Jesus. You'll find all the wisdom and all the knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. You want to hear a plausible argument that I've been deluded by? I'll call it the fear of the Lord. 
So here's a, here's a plausible argument from an old covenant mentality that can be carried over into the new covenant and be exacerbated by a lesser revelation of what does it really mean to be one with Christ. So that a new covenant believer, they, 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 a, a lot of times what people say is people that believe in grace don't have any fear of the Lord. And then they say, if you take away the fear of the Lord from people and the ability to tremble before their God, then you're robbing them of a gift that was given to them by God. First question I have, whose wife trembles in her bedroom before her husband? Is that, is that the relationship of a covenant marriage that, that the, the husband walks in and the wife gets down and, 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 and trembles in, in, in utter shaking and, and what's going on? I don't know. I'm just going to bury my face in my pillow because my awesome almighty husband just walked into the room. No. See, that's not even a marriage perspective. That's not even in the book of Song of Solomon when the, the whole perspective of the book of Song of Solomon was the king of glory is married to the Shulamith who's, in, who's not the most beautiful of the land, but she's the one he chose. That she has the authority in his bedroom and in his chamber to be one with him. So if, if you hear, and I have been in this place where I've been deluded by this plausible argument that God is in this place that I'm not, and that when God shows up, I'm going to lay down and tremble and shake before him. What if, I'm just asking a question, what if that is a lesser revelation he wants us to have? What if that perspective is not at all what grace and the fullness of Christ in me means? What if it's not even a, I'm so separate from you and you're so mighty and so massive that I'm going to shake and tremble on the floor when you come around? What if he actually wants you to stand up boldly at the throne of grace, recognizing what he purchased for you? What if he wants you to stand in his face, mouth to mouth, even as Moses in a lesser covenant got to experience didn't fall down trembling when God came down on the mountain of Sinai, but in his humility looked at the, at the throne, looked at God Almighty, looked at the fear of the Lord, and stepped right in. What if that's where we're supposed to stand in our authority with Christ? What if a bride who doesn't shake and tremble on the floor, but gets down with her, with her, her bridegroom and sits with him to hear his heart and declares with her own heart the very things that live inside his heart? What if the fear of the Lord is actually something that's a byproduct of the King of glory living inside me? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could fear the Lord more than Jesus feared the Lord when he walked planet earth. And if Jesus lives inside me, then fear of the Lord is my inheritance because he's in me. It's not a performance. I don't fear the Lord more than you fear the Lord. I fear the Lord because Christ's alive inside me. He fears the Lord. And so I don't want to get deluded by plausible arguments of lesser realities and get shaken and stirred. I want to remain steadfast as the bride of Christ who sits in his chamber, who dwells in his chamber, who hears his heart, declares his heart, rules from his heart. That's my inheritance. And so Colossians 2 says, you'll find all that when you find out that Christ is alive inside you. He said, don't be deluded by plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, 
abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in him. To me, it's such a, it's such a valuable thing to understand that breakthrough isn't from day to day. Breakthrough is a belief system. It literally is my belief system. My belief, what, what are my beliefs? If, if I believe that I and Christ are one, then I'm breaking through everything that's, that's sent my way. Hey, Don, you're unmuted, just so you know. Didn't want you to, to think you weren't, and then you were. <laughs> um, and so with, with this concept of breakthrough, when you can stand in every circumstance and situation, knowing that Jesus is alive in you, here's, here's something that was uh, pointed out. Hey, Don, I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, wherever you went, you're, you're not muted anymore. So we're, we're getting a ton of feedback on your... That's all right. There we go. So when Dave Fahidi read this scripture about Miriam and Moses, and he was talking about Miriam having leprosy, This is the example of, this is how most new covenant and myself included, this is how I've lived my my new covenant life up until now. I need rescue. Jesus, come rescue me. Jesus, I need breakthrough. Jesus, come take care of this. Jesus, I'm, I'm looking to you because you're somewhere with a solution and I'm trying to achieve your solution. Maybe I'll fast. Maybe I'll go through this process. Maybe I'll go through this regimen. But Lord, I need this breakthrough, and so I'm going to seek you where this answer's far away, and I don't know how to get it. See, Miriam and, and, and Aaron had that same problem, but they lived in a lesser covenant. Their problem was, we don't have a solution for this. So their solution was, Moses, will you please seek the one that we're separate from? Moses, also separate from the Father, had to go to the Father and say, I am interceding. For these, you have the solution, I don't. And in that lesser covenant, they were granted that request because there's a seeking from outside the solutions that are inside the Father. Do you guys see that? So that lesser covenant requires that the going to and interceding to a solution beyond is actually somewhere we can't find and we can't achieve, but we know the one who can. However, we've been given a greater covenant, so much greater, that the one who is the answer lives inside me. Now, instead of our neighbor coming to us and going, will you, will you pray to your, 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 um, your God for me because I need a solution? How about what if we really do rule and reign with Christ and we just declare over their life? No, it's going to be like this in Jesus' name. Like Dylan's, Dylan's declaration today over his household. If he's one with Christ, Christ declared that through Dylan today. That's the edict on that house, and that's what will take place. Dude, what if we become that breakthrough for people's lives? They just want to start coming to, our, to us and being like, Hey, I, I, I know that you have something that I don't have, and I need, I need this. Boom. Hey, you're, you, here's your breakthrough. Because Christ is in me. Like, I'm just asking the question, like, what if this is the higher revelation? What if bride, being the bride of Christ, 
looks a lot different. You know, it's interesting because the Bible also says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But the Bible then in James says, if you lack wisdom, it doesn't say go and fear the Lord. What does it say? Ask. Ask for wisdom. And here's, here, here's what I understand. I don't understand a lot, but I understand about the fear of the Lord. The moment that you understand that He's God and you're not, you should be afraid. Because as an unregenerate, un, not born again, rebellious, sinful creature who was created, when you understand that He's God Almighty, yeah, that's the beginning. And when wisdom comes is when you say, I'm not God and you are, and I want to know you. Like that's the beginning of wisdom. And then the Bible says, if you obey my commands, if you believe in me, then I'll reveal myself to you and I will show you that I love you, my Father loves you, and that I have given you the inheritance of the saints. And as Don said earlier, he said, the moment you come to Christ, you're qualified because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So the fear of the Lord, yeah, it's the beginning of knowledge. But you know what I fear now? I fear not pursuing Him with everything that's inside me. My fear of the Lord is not, I'm going to tremble and quake in your presence because you're so awesome and you're so great. It's, I'm, I am in your presence because you are so awesome and so great. And you've chosen and selected me. And for me to be apathetic about that in any way, God, it frightens me that I would ever, ever not seek you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That I would ever be okay living in lesser revelations. That I would ever be okay in not being steadfast. That I would ever be okay in not moving from glory to glory and faith to faith, that I would ever be making excuses for my humanity in the face of the solution that you've given me. That makes me, that's my fear of the Lord. And that's a product, a product, a fruit of being one with Christ. Because Christ's heart is never to be not one with his Father. That he was constantly with his Father, he's constantly with his Father now, and he's constantly with his Father in me. So if him and I are hooked and we're one, then my heart is to seek his heart. It's to know Him. And so breakthrough is going to look a lot different, I believe, as the church comes out of COVID-19 and everything else that it sends its way. From the very beginning of this message, the revelation that grace has come upon, even Truth Church, what we've talked about is that circumstances don't persuade us. That circumstances don't shift our perspective. That we don't become unhinged and unhooked because of how difficult things become. But what God's doing through grace is He is truly setting our hearts in alignment with His Word. You know, most of us have seen the videos, The Chosen. And honestly, I, I believe that the Lord has selected this time and season for The Chosen to come out and to be available so that millions and millions and millions of people will get a biblical perspective on Jesus Christ. I believe it's inspired and I believe it's anointed. And I believe that we should, as believers, we should look at that very lifestyle and say, you know what, how am I going to approach this situation? And even from that very small, limited perspective, but it's, it's an example of Christ's life on earth, that we would almost be able to say, you know what, I'm going to live it like Jesus lived it in the chosen. I'm not shaken. I'm not stressed. I'm joyful. I'm encouraged. I'm an encourager. I'll seek the Father. I'll do what I've been called to do. As Jordan pointed out, 
I mean, think about it. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, guys, stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And then go out into Judea, into Samaria, Jerusalem, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. He didn't say, go get busy now that I've given you an assignment and try to figure out how to do this. He said, stay until you receive power from on high. See, guys, I, I, he'll use everything and he'll use anything because he's God. But I know his heart. I know the, the word says, seek me with all your heart and you'll find me. His heart is that his people would actually come up to the revelation of who they are in him and who he is in them. His heart is that we all would come to the full knowledge and understanding of what it is to have Christ in us. Because when we start to be rooted and grounded and built up in him, Acts 20 verse 32 is a scripture that the Lord gave me this morning. And it says this, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The whole point of Jesus dying on the cross last week, Resurrection Sunday, the whole point was that we would have the word of grace. We would have the word. That word, charis, in the Greek, is favor. It's favor. It's like the picture would be this. God's leaning toward you. Like that's literally the picture of grace. God's going, I'm for you. I want to give to you everything that you're supposed to have. Here it is. Here's everything. Here's everything. You have every solution. You have every bit of overcoming. You have every bit of the divine nature. You have every promise I've ever given. You have everything. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And when we don't use it or we misuse it, he doesn't take it back. He's not like, oh, screwed it up there, boy. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm leaning towards you. I'm leaning towards you. I'm leaning towards you. And so for us to have a right perspective of that favor and that charis that God has, that grace that is toward us constantly. When sin abounds, grace is super abounding. It's when you screw up, he's not further away. He's leaning in even more saying, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I am your solution. Look to me. Seek me and you will find the answers in all the things. And you are the answer. I am the answer. If the church got a hold of it, guys, we would absolutely revolutionize the nation. We we would. Because we wouldn't be running around all stressed out and freaking out and shaking. We'd be walking consistent, faithful, cool, calm, collected, full of joy, rejoicing, overcoming. And we would look demons in hell in the face and we would tell them where to go. We would tell COVID-19 where to go. We'd tell sickness where to go and we wouldn't be all demonstrative and emotional about it. And we would just be as Christ is. Because it's not about getting this promotion and this... Guys, you can't promote me beyond the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't be promoted beyond oneness with Christ. Where am I going to go? He's the final solution. It's it. He's it. That's it. I'm not looking for a promotion to a higher plane to be better than somebody. I am one with the greatest person who ever lived in all of creation. You can't promote me past that. I can't break through into a higher plane of being one with anybody or anything better than that. Period. 
And when you start, when we start believing that and we start ruling and reigning and we start declaring and shaking the nations, you watch. You think the Great Awakening, it's going to be dependent on some Jesus splitting. Jesus did split the sky and he entered you in a bodysuit. And now he's waiting for your bodysuit to be the solution in this planet. He has. He's come. He's given the solution. He's just saying, rise up, bride. I want my bride to see the I want my bride to share in what I'm doing in this in this time and in this season. The same glory, Father, that you give to me, I give to my bride, because she will arise in season and she will show forth the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in all of my radiance. She will be all that I've created her to be and all that I've destined her to be. That's who we are. That's who we are in Christ. That's why repentance is so simple. Because when I'm not acting like it, he reminds me, hey, I'm leaning in, Justin. And I say, yes, you're leaning in. You're my answer. That's dead works. I'm, that's, that's not me. That's not where I'm going. What Michelle talked about. We don't confess that. We don't bring that. We don't get healing. We don't get that rottenness out of our bones. Jesus is saying, get the rottenness out. Just get rid of it. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. Man, the rejoicing, because he's saying this word of grace, it's what is going to be able to build you up. The word of performance, it will destroy you. Try harder, do better, be better, you screwed up, can't believe that. Word of criticism, word of judgment, all those things, that none of those things build you up. The, word, the one thing that builds you up is Jesus saying, I finished it, I've overcome you're overcome because I've overcome. You're in me. I'm in you. Let's go take the world. Let's go take the world one person at a time. Sometimes let's take the world just walking through the woods quietly with him. Being still. Knowing that I am God. Knowing that I have the solutions. Knowing that when you sit with me. When you just sit with me. I change the world. Through your stillness. Through your rest. He says. Which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. All I'm telling you this morning is that I don't understand a whole lot. But I do understand that Christ in me is the hope of glory. He literally wants me to come to a higher plane of understanding. A higher revelation. And that higher revelation is being his bride. Knowing all of his heart. Knowing all of his ways. And then living out his ways his heart, being a manifestation of Christ on earth. And as we do that, we access our inheritance. Like I was, I, I sent this text to my wife and a few brothers this week. My life used to be marked by all this like heavy, hard drama. And then I'm like, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I need to overcome. How can I over? And the Lord in his mercy would come and I would have this breakthrough. And then there would be another heavy, hard drama. And then another breakthrough. And another heavy, hard drama. And you, those of you that know me, I mean, you're smiling and laughing because you know it's true. And like, the, the revelation of grace comes in and annihilates my heart and destroys all of my performance and all of my ability to stand on my own good works and all of my successes and all of my failures. Eliminates all my condemnation and eliminates all my self-righteousness and just eradicates my entire life of all the cobwebs of deception that the enemy has spun for me. And since that moment, I've lived on a steadfast, growing, higher plane. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, grace of Jesus is building my life. 
He's making me love. He's causing me to set my life aside. He's causing me to not want to please myself, but to lay my life down. And I enjoy that. I'm, it's not a huge stressful drama anymore for me. I'm not a roller coaster rider or a preacher of the roller coaster. I am living a life that is what Isaiah said. He'll bring the high places low and the low places high. And so I'm just testifying to the goodness of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's real. It changed my life. It's changing the lives of people around me. I'll never back down from it. I'll never shrink from it. And I'll never press into a place that's anything other than my bridal position with my Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's my declaration today. And that's what you guys all said this morning. And every one of us. Is, is bringing that breakthrough. Dave, yeah, please share. 